0: Thank <laughs> you.
2: And welcome, this is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, Mike the Mariner, rounding out the crew as we attempt to navigate the uh, latest boating news and information. And uh, Barry, the boater, not with us today. He's uh, recovering from his jab. He got a jab yesterday. So he's feeling a little under the weather. So we'll give him a pass, send him down below, and uh, hopefully he'll be back with us next week on the big show. I'm a little bit uh, behind the eight ball as well. Because I just got back from Fiji, and I am totally upside down, jet lagged, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so it's going to be up to Patrick and Mike the Mariner to carry us through these treacherous, treacherous waters today on the world of boating. Are you, uh, are you capable of doing this today, uh, Patrick? What do you think?
3: Uh, I do it every Saturday, Greg. What? <laughs>
2: What, what is he trying to say, Mike? I don't get it. Even when you're on the ball,
4: right? <laughs> oh,
2: I don't know what to think about that, but uh, yeah, I think we should just move on. But uh, but yeah, I'm doing okay. But I, man, I had an amazing time in Fiji, and you know, you meet a lot of interesting people. You know, we went on a few boats. I don't really have much boating news to talk about, but we do have Thank a special God. guest coming up on the show today. About doing the bourbon trail, and I was talking uh, bourbon with one of my diving friends that I met in uh, Fiji, who was from L.A., and he was we were comparing notes on bourbon and all this kind of stuff. He was a bourbon aficionado. I think he said he mm-hmm. had like 100 bottles of bourbon, and uh, lo and behold, I get back and find out we got a guest scheduled today to do the bourbon trail on your boat, I guess. Is that the well, deal, uh, Patrick?
3: No. No, completely wrong. Well, no, no. You get on on your boat and you
2: traverse uh, the bourbon trail, don't you?
3: No, What do you mean, no? No. No. They do the tour. You get on their boat. It's their business.
2: That's what he just said. You do the bourbon trail with uh, these bourbon uh, boat guys. You said you
3: get on your boat.
2: Well, you have to get there, don't you? And you could go there by boat. And then you get on a boat. (laughs) And then you do the bourbon can, trail. Can you
3: just not admit that you, you misspoke and so we can move on? Never. I
2: never have. I'm, I'm right even when I'm wrong. Come on. You know this. How many years have we been doing this show? Anyway, that's coming up in a little bit. It'll be an interesting thing. Nice little fall activity maybe to do, uh, you know, to combine, you know, boats and bourbon. Maybe not at the same time. They don't want you driving. I guess that's <laughs> right. the issue.
3: But- that's why you would take their tour and be on their boat. Yeah, but you can still go there
2: on your boat, anchor it, put it up on the dock, and then join them on their and tour, just, and it'll be on a boat. It'll be fun. We'll find out all about it. Uh, yeah. here, here we are, back from Fiji. I, I'm like all, uh, you know, at one with myself, you know, and, 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 and Patrick's all, already, uh, you know, arguing. What's up? I,
3: What's up with arguing. that? Come on! I'm just telling you, you're, you're, you're wrong about something. Never! Things.
2: Never! All right, so uh, anyway... <laughs> We got that coming up. Let's uh, move on to other stuff. What's been yeah, up and ha- happening with you, Mike? I mean, uh, I see you're in your at the helm of your vessel today. Yeah, I'm not at the helm. Actually, no? I'm,
4: uh, I'm actually in the no. Cabin.
0: He,
3: you are at the helm,
4: Mike. Make make that perfectly clear. Where are you? I can't, helm, I can't see. I can't see from the video. The <laughs> no, I'm inside the boat because it's a little bit muggy and it's raining. So ah, uh, I'm, okay. I'm just hanging out inside in the in the air conditioning. But uh, I see.
0: No, wait.
4: So. Last week, uh, we we took the Craig Cat out, did about 50 miles on it. Oh, I saw a picture
2: we, on Facebook uh, from that, yeah.
4: Amazing day. We went about 50 miles uh, all the way up through near Lake Harney and up, up this um, this tributary called Deep Creek, about uh, five miles up the river, up that river, and then back across Lake Jessup and back, you know, all the way back again. And, wow. and ran the boat about four and a half hours, Two two food stops. And only burned four and a half gallons of uh, gas.
3: So you are, you are a brave man taking that boat across Lake Jessup. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't see a single alligator. Really? Which, bl- which blows my mind. It does. I we
2: thought that that, they were fixed. loaded. How, how do you get on Lake Jessup in uh, Central Florida and not see a gator?
3: exactly yeah because they were all trailing them (laughs) they were all under (laughs) underneath the craig cat behind you because they were just waiting for that thing don't tip your
2: toes in the water off the edge of that craig cat
3: their food wasn't going to get any closer to the water surface than where you were at on that craig cat huh so this this was obviously
2: the middle of the day they come out in the you know evening more i guess but i'm surprised you didn't see any they weren't like we didn't
4: see not even on deep creek which Huh. You know, I've been up Deep Creek, I've been going up Deep Creek my, you know, most of my life, and I've yeah. seen alligators almost every time. This time, not a single gator, and, uh, and crossing Lake Jessup, I thought, well, you know, you see, you know, when you go across that bridge yep. um, on the 417, right. you see Driving. them all over the place. So yeah. I thought we would see, you know, five
3: or six alligators,
4: not a single one.
3: Huh. And fi- finally, you were on a boat that could get under that bridge. Yes, okay. yes, exactly.
4: <laughs> well, we didn't go over, over to that side of the lake. We, we entered uh, Lake Jessup from the St. John's River there at uh, Highway 46 and then crossed that uh, eastern side of the lake. It's about a five-mile crossing over to the Black Hammock Fish Camp.
2: Oh, wow. That so part. you had quite a trek there. I mean, that, that's mm-hmm. impressive on that little uh, Craig Cat. I didn't know you were going to take it around like that, but obviously it yeah. worked for you. And I saw the video yeah. or a picture of of uh, of your adventure on Facebook, and you did the seas were like glass. I mean, you were just cruising like crazy. I guess, right?
4: Yeah, when uh, the picture you're talking about was taken, we were doing about thirty miles an hour, and literally we had just left the black hammock fish camp. I pointed the boat north towards the St. John's River and mm-hmm. never touched the tiller again until we got there. It just the boat just went dead straight all the way across the lake. Nice.
2: So it seems yeah. like uh, so far that Craig Cat that, you know, Patrick tried to, to dissuade you from purchasing uh, has been a, a big winner as far as, you know, how you've used it so far.
4: For for us, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's it's way better for what we are using it for than a typical rib would have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, ribs aren't, aren't as fast. And uh, you, and for this size boat, the rib that I would have purchased would have still been really a two-person craft maybe yeah. three right uh the craig Cat is a two-person uh two-person boat but it has storage and it has a 30 horsepower outboard and 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 it flies so yeah. uh so we're using it for exploring and we're just towing it i would uh, bet behind. it's
2: a good conversation starter too people see that they go, that's kind of different looking because it looks yeah, like a you're, mini pontoon. Oh, you're the
3: guy who bought that <laughs> oh.
2: Yeah, and they're like, geez, I wish I was you. That's what they're thinking, Patrick.
3: And, and, And let me point out, the discussion centered around buying a craft so that Mike, if he wasn't able to take his mega yacht into a marina or into a dock, that he would have a means to get from point A to point B. Not so that he had another toy that he could run up and down the St. John's in well, 50 miles a shot. That was that a was bonus. A, that would have been a whole completely different conversation.
2: Oh, so now you're <laughs> yeah. saying that he picked the right boat.
3: No, I'm still not <laughs> okay, saying Okay, right,
2: exactly. That's what I
3: thought. Okay. <laughs> what now I'm saying now who's wrong? That, 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 <laughs> that, no, no, that would have been a whole completely different conversation. And for our listeners out there who aren't familiar with the waters of central Florida, when we talk about Lake Jessup... We are talking about probably one of the 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 most
2: uh gator infested waterways in Central Florida. Yeah. In front Not Florida
3: probably absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It, Lots it of is, gators. This mm-hmm. bridge Mike was talking about that that goes the 417 bridge when you drive over it I have yet and usually cuz I'm on my motorcycle when I look either to the left or to the right um you can see where you could it almost looks like you could walk And this is a very wide lake from one shoreline to the other shoreline if you're able to step step on the heads of these alligators. That's right. They're they're just sitting
2: there looking up at uh, Patrick on his motorcycle like, please crash. We're hungry. Please crash. Hey, 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 hey. I'm just saying.
3: That that is not. That's a lot of gators. They got to eat a lot do not do survive. that bad juju with me man there's no uh, because you, no you know juju. what happened in 2014 do not say stuff like
2: okay that. he was Dude. not eaten by an alligator uh but yeah there was <laughs> another incident involved but uh hey now you know about lake jessup thanks to uh, the crew here at the world of boating the bourbon trail on a boat next on the world of boating stay close
0: you're listening to the world of boating radio network
1: Will be your captain, you'll be my scallywags. I don't know what that means, but you will be them, and here's
0: how we play. Thank you for your attention and welcome aboard. Let's go. This
2: is the World of Boating, Gregor First Mate, Captain Patrick, Mike the Mariner around another crew. All right, so you want to do the bourbon trail on a boat? We have Nathan uh on the World of Boating with us right now. Uh Nathan, welcome. You are the bourbon captain or Captain Bourbon guy or something. I don't know. What is it exactly? How'd you get wrapped up in this stuff?
1: I'll take it. No, I'll take it. I like that. No, captain of the bourbon. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, no, so we are, we are, uh, we are the bourbon boats. We are a, a small family business right here in the middle of the Kentucky bourbon trail in Frankfort, Kentucky. Uh, I'm currently sitting on our boat right now called the Trace of Kentucky. I'm sitting. I can see Buffalo Trace Distillery right downstream from me here. I definitely can smell it. and nice. And we pride ourselves and people coming to the bourbon trail and getting a unique look at the bourbon industry, uh, a look you won't find anywhere else in our state. We actually get to learn about the history of the bourbon trail via the water.
2: I love this. This is such a cool idea. I, I've been actually talking a lot uh you know friends lately because i'm on a personal bourbon journey myself learning more and more (laughs) about the different bourbons there in kentucky and around the world and all that kind of stuff and i never thought you could do it by boat so is this uh something you you've been doing for some time now or is this a relatively new thing or what
1: well a little bit of both it's it's relatively new and been around a while we've we've been in business as a as a boat tour company for the last 5 seasons uh we started doing these tours uh, my family runs a third generation canoe and kayak business here in frankfurt and uh for for the last 15 years we've been paddling people down to the buffalo trace distillery and letting them do tours there and and i uh, just came up with this idea a few years back um, that hey some people may not want to paddle down there and and so we, we built our own boat and started doing tours here on the river five seasons ago, and it's just gone phenomenally well so far.
2: Well, Nathan, uh, before we continue on, let's give the website so people can connect with you and book this uh, tour, because yes. I think I'm going to be on that list as well. What is it?
1: Yeah, super easy. It's bourbonboat.com.
2: And uh, on your own
1: there, you can find all of our different tours we offer. We offer nine different tours. Some of our tours are partnership tours with with Buffalo Trace Distillery. Uh, You know, we legally here in Kentucky, if you've got an open vessel, we can't legally drink on the rivers, and so some of our tours. You go out on the river, you learn about the history, and then we go back to Buffalo Trace and you get to do a tour and a tasting, or maybe you just do a tasting. Uh, we also partner with another great bourbon hotspot here in town called Bourbon on Main and take you up the river and drop you off at their place where you get to work with a bourbon expert trying out anywhere from four to six different bourbons. And, you know, so we uh, we try to give people the all-around experience. I love it. Uh, what kind of boat well, are we well,
2: talking about, though, exactly?
1: So, well, our boat's a custom built It's a uh, Carolina skiff hull with pushed with 135 horsepower Honda, uh, but then everything on top of it from there was custom built right here in Kentucky.
3: Patrick, what do you think? Uh, I want to back up just real quick. You said that in Kentucky, you you're not allowed to drink while you're on a vessel. Of
1: passengers. Well, you know uh, what I said was that if you're on an <laughs> open vessel, so if you're inside a cabin vessel, if you've got a cabin, All right. You're view of the public. You can do whatever you want, uh, but the waters of Kentucky are considered public highways. So If you're sitting on the deck of a pontoon boat, uh, drinking back on an old-fashioned or something like that, technically... It's just like walking down the side of the street here in Kentucky drinking an old-fashioned. So right. um, it's not legal unless you're on a cabin vessel. And our current vessel is a wide-open vessel. We're, we're currently looking at boat number two for next season, which will be a much larger cabin vessel, uh, where we'll start doing bourbon pours on board. But as of right now, we got to do those off the boat. Okay, uh, well, i got to
2: ask, uh, too, though, what about the um, – uh, as far as do you stop along the way where you can go out and get a little uh, – Uh, nip in there in between uh, being on the boat or you got to finish the entire tour before you you get uh, take advantage of those tastings
1: like i said we got one tour that partners up with a bourbon hotspot here and about halfway through the tour we stop at a local dock and and walk up to a place and and have a have a bourbon tasting there and then we finish out the tour what we really pride ourselves on is getting people out on the water for an hour hour and a half and just teaching them the real history of bourbon you know we've, we've got almost 100 distilleries here in kentucky producing 95 percent of the world's bourbon supply and right. you know we're not we're not uh, owned by any one distillery so we go out and just give the unbiased truth about what exactly is bourbon well you
2: They're gotta low. sample them all i mean that's just the law in kentucky i believe mike the mariner what yeah. do you think
4: yeah well i think this is fantastic i'm i'm, I'm interested in where the tours take place though so you're on the kentucky river are all of the tours on the kentucky river or are there other uh bodies of water that you uh that you
1: run all of our tours are on the kentucky river and it's 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 very important that we do them on the kentucky river if you can um give me about two minutes to tell you why you know it's it's right here in frankfort kentucky yeah um right here in frankfort kentucky is where bourbon really started you know uh this river is why bourbon became what it was you know back in the late 17 and early 1800s, you know, we were shipping all the stuff out of Kentucky by water and in the flooded, shallow, normally Kentucky River was one of the only ways to get your goods downstream, right? You'd, you'd ride a flood from the Kentucky to the Ohio to the Mississippi down to New Orleans and all that time in those wooden barrels, those wooden barrels that they had burnt the insides of because they wanted to clean out all the, the pickle juice and the beets and the, the fish and all that stuff. All the time in those barrels heading down these rivers you know, 12 months, 18 months later, that clear alcohol that they put in started to change colors. Mm. And those New Orlanders are like, man, this red whiskey in these wooden barrels is pretty darn good stuff. And Uh. many of those early barrels had words on the top of them. And many of the early words were bourbon county, Kentucky whiskey. Uh, Bourbon County is just one of the 120 counties of Kentucky. But at one time it was a massive county and Many distilleries were stamping those words right on top of their barrel, and that's where most historians believe the name of bourbon originated from. So, our river and right here in Frankfurt is really why bourbon even came what it was.
2: God bless, <laughs> uh, God bless uh, that, that area.
4: <laughs> exactly. Tasty well, concoctions. Yeah. Well, the people in New Orleans obviously loved it. They named yes. the street after. That's it. That's so. true. That's <laughs> true.
3: Patrick, what so do you think of this? Yeah. The the waters that you're on, that you do the tours on, that's the same water that the distilleries are using, correct?
1: Yeah, so there's all this stuff, you know, Kentucky became the center of the bourbon universe because of that limestone filtered spring water of Kentucky, and a lot of people still conjure up in their minds these little limestone springs on a property that are bubbling up this crystal clear water. Well, if you're a distillery that's putting up a thousand barrels of bourbon a day, realize there's 53 gallons in every one of those barrels, well, there's not quite enough water coming out of a spring. Now, this, this river does originate in the mountains of eastern Kentucky, where there is a lot of limestone springs, the water does run right over top of limestone rock. Uh, but the majority of the distilleries are pulling their water out of our rivers. They've got their own treatment facilities. You know, our big distillery here in town just put a whole bunch of money into having a very environmentally water treatment facility. So they are pulling a lot of water out. On top of that, the river I'm sitting on at this moment is one-fifth of our state's drinking water supply. So yeah. big towns like Lexington, Kentucky, and Frankfurt, and Richmond, we're all getting our drinking water out of this river as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but you're doing something with it that's worthwhile for the rest of the world. All <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so you can't uh, drink and boat uh, there, Nathan, but uh, can you just uh, send us some bourbon here at World of Boating in Florida? I don't know. Is there a state line yeah, issue there?
1: We, we can we can do some bartering for sure. There you know. we, we go. Now we, we're talking. We sometimes get called bourbon dumb by some of our friends. I guess we're kind of spoiled being right here in the middle of the bourbon universe, of, yeah. uh, how much of it we have. But um, it's a really neat industry to be in right now, for sure, so
2: bourbonboat.com. Patrick,
3: last thought? Uh, How long does the season run where you're at?
1: Yeah, we run through the middle of November.
2: Good stuff. Nathan, thank you so much for being on the uh, World of Boating. That is awesome. Uh, I think I definitely have found something to add to my boating list of things to do, and I think that includes Mike and even Patrick might be on board for this. All right, we got more coming up. Stay close.
0: I think I need a dip, too
2: This just got serious.
0: Escape your commute with audiobooks from author Eric Douglas. Download to your phone. Go to booksbyeric.com or audible.com.
2: Do you have a message or product you need to share with the boating world? Well, look no further than the World of Boating Radio Show. Just like you, thousands of boating enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to worldaboating.com, send us an email, and let's get to work to make your marketing message matter.
0: You have successfully navigated the Sea of Commerce. And now are clear to cruise with the world of boating. I do like the one. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. The sun, the sea air, good friends. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. with
2: with with we the This is the world G-P's of Voting Greg, G-P's your first mate, Captain G-P's Patrick, G-P's Mike, the mayor, rounding out the crew. G-P's All right, uh, and we're not drunk. you we were just talking about it a little bit, uh, getting there uh, quicker. Bourbon will do that uh, if you drink a little bit of it. It'll, it'll definitely get you there quicker, and uh, it is a sweet concoction out of Kentucky. And uh, mm-hmm. I've been sampling quite a bit. Do you got a favorite, by the way, Mike, uh, bourbon brand you want to throw well, out there or no?
4: So my favorite, call it attainable bourbon, is yeah. probably Angel's Envy. Ooh, uh, That's a very, very nice, very smooth. Yeah. Uh, but I'm wearing a hat right now. that says Rip Van Winkle on it. This would be, and I got this at the Buffalo Trace Distillery yeah. uh, five, six years ago, and I will tell you that's an unattainable bourbon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, it's attainable, but it's a, it's, it's, it's a big drain on your bank account. Right.
2: Yeah. Right now I'm drinking uh wild Turkey rare breed. I, I love okay. that little concoction. You get about, you know, 50 bucks or so here in Florida, Yeah. but that's a that's
4: very good stuff. That's yeah. a,
2: a tasty little concoction. And Patrick, but, I uh, don't know. Do you have a fave you want to throw out there? Or you just, you drink anything I gave it to you as long as it was free.
3: Uh, I don't drink alcohol, Greg, but okay. thanks for playing. I right. uh, appreciate that. <laughs> uh, and that's that's due, before anybody asks, that's due more to my professional licenses that I carry. Um, yeah. It's just, so like my Class A CDL, it's like a .04 in the state of Florida,
4: mm-hmm.
0: uh,
3: whether I'm driving a rig or not. Yeah. And the Coast Guard would not hesitate to jump in um, if I was to get popped for right. a uh, DUI at a oh. You know, four point four zero one. I and think yeah, I had had like three license. I think well.
2: uh, you would make that with about a half a shot of rare bird.
3: Yeah, so it's just. Uh, <laughs> but I'd say a, a Stappin sixty nine is uh, probably the one that you want to look for. Um, that has been touted as probably one of the premier bourbons. Um, and if you look for it, the Stappin sixty nine. You won't find it because I just made it up.
2: I was going to say I never heard of that one.
4: <laughs> what the
3: hell? I was I was
4: trying to. Yeah, I was like, what? Oh, you know, I'm. I know most of the really yeah, really me too. good Germans out there, and I've never heard of that one
3: before. Uh, good reason. And, I, and although, if, although I could have drawn that out for a bit, but I just decided yeah. now. Let's move on to some boating stuff. Right.
2: Okay. <laughs> Moving on.
3: Uh, so this past week, uh, as boating continues, it's uh, March forward towards electric uh evoy um uh, ha- has unveiled a- in con a what is touted as the world's uh strongest most powerful electric outboard motor and that's a 300 horsepower electric outboard hmm. with uh 225 kW of continuous power um, wow. it is known as the outboard storm and is the most powerful electric outboard ever the manufacturer said um, in a statement. Okay. Uh, so they have announced partnerships with three boat builders: Axopar, which is, uh, if you remember, if you've been listening to the show, that was Barry's choice two years ago for boat of the year; uh, French Iguana Yachts and Goldfish. So they are all these builders are planning to unveil models with these uh, new. 300 horsepower electric output. I think
2: he just made those manufacturers up just like he did the bourbon.
3: <laughs> that Iguana and what? What was the other one? Goldfish. <laughs> <Really>? And <laughs> axopar. <laughs> okay. and, and if you don't believe me, that story has posted on worldofboating.com and of course uh is on the World of Boating Facebook page. So, you know, again, we're 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 making inroads And I I think you'll probably see in the next five years, every major uh, manufacturer in the United States um, will have electric outboard offerings, if not uh, on their small models, certainly moving up into their larger boats as well. Um, It's an interesting time uh, to be in the industry for sure. I'm trying to remember the last major shift uh like this and i i I guess i'd have to go back to uh volvo penton or introduction of ips Mm -hmm. was kind of a a big game change uh in boating in the manufacturing end and this would be a continuation of that
2: well i mean it's going to follow the automotive industry it sounds like to me what do you think mike
4: well what kind of data do they release about um Speed range, well, speed would would deter, would be determined by the kind of vessel that it's tied yeah, the, to. but but uh, how how long
3: how far can you go? How much yeah. uh,
2: range is always the issue when it comes to EVs. Well, they were they were talking boats.
3: 225 kW of continuous power. So yeah, you know, again, you're you're absolutely right, Mike. As we as we get into the manufacturers then coupling up these electric outboards in their boats, it's really going to come down to battery capacity, um, recharge time, because what you're also going to see, which we've started talking about, is the elimination of generators and boats going strictly with power bank systems, which are going to be lithium batteries. Uh, I just took part uh, about a month and a half ago, a big thing with ABYC on lithium batteries and uh, their integration into boating and what that will mean safety-wise, what has going to have to be adhered to, all those standards, which they're really kind of having to work out right now because nobody's really on the, the mass-produced end like that, given a whole lot of thought to how everything needs to be handled, um, because, mm-hmm. of course, we know with some electric vehicles that, when they've there's been accidents and those cars have caught on fire and it made its way to those batteries, that yeah. that's been a a concern a problem. Uh, I don't know that it will be as much in the marine industry because unfortunately in those incidents where boats have caught on fire, uh, pretty much once <laughs> once the resin and the fiberglass starts going, I mean that's a that's a fuel source unto itself. Um, yeah. That is extremely hard to get under control. Right.
4: Right. So add, add to that the, the variable, um, of maintenance, right? Boats, you know, many boats will sit for months without being touched. Boats are not maintained nearly as to, to the, to the rigor of a car because people use their cars every day. They might not use the boat for a long time. The boat might be sitting in a yard, baking in the sun. How do these batteries, um, hold up over time? hold up over time when when you know there's that variable then there's moisture there's you know the salt environment
3: all those variables you have those problems now with boats for going to storage uh, with whether it's uh, your regular lead acid batteries or agm batteries boats that have generators if they get even if they get laid up correctly if they get stored correctly if those engines those generators boat engines get uh serviced correctly for long-term storage you still can have issues coming back out of storage and getting those units running up. More so on the gasoline end than maybe, say, the diesel. Uh, although diesel down in your warmer weather environments because of the potential for algae growth in that fuel can can cause and has caused uh, But the uh, EVs huge...
2: have less moving parts, less uh, things that could go wrong, but you do got to keep the batteries maybe uh, well, on at, a triple
3: charge. Yeah. It, one, of, one of those things that uh, as they go into storage, and you know, do those batteries get pulled? How do they get stored? Uh, certainly, they're not going to stay on any type of a charge um, while in winter storage. Things like that. For boats that you know during the season aren't getting used quite enough, I don't think that's going to be an issue. I think Mike brings up a valid point, which is. How to? How do you handle that? For as boats up north are getting ready to go into winter storage.
2: Yeah, and you know the batteries don't operate as good in cold, but you know technology might catch up, and we'll benefit from the automotive world in that regard too. More coming up.
0: You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. Successfully navigated the Sea of Commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating. I do like the water. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle the sun, the sea air, good friends. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast.
1: I'm really excited to uh,
3: check out these beautiful waters with you in a really cool way. All right. See that boat over there? Yeah
1: we're going to sail
3: on it today. Oh, my
2: God, yes. (laughs) This is the World of Voting Bachelorette wrapping up this week. As I know, uh, Mike and Patrick watch uh, closely, and we will find out if they have found love or they'll uh, be walking the plank when it comes to finding love. It's uh, it's looking pretty tragic this week, as uh, Patrick especially knows. I don't know who you're pulling for, uh, Rachel or the other one? There, uh, Patrick, which one you hope finds love, or you hope they both find it? What do you think?
3: Go away. You want <laughs> him to go away? Just go, just go away.
2: <laughs> you just want him to go away. That's sad. No,
3: I just want you to go away. <laughs> me? <laughs> it, 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 why didn't you just stay in Fiji? <laughs>
2: what, yeah. Because, I yeah. trust Everything me, if I w- could have, I would have nice stayed there. easy. Yeah.
3: You know, yeah. uh, 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 my, my blood pressure was well in check for two weeks. Mm-hmm
2: yeah yeah,
3: yeah oh, the there, was had, no, there was no greg rage yeah going on. as
2: you know there hadn't been a lot of boating uh fantasy dates on the uh, the bachelorette which explains yeah. why they uh are crashing and burning right now and we'll low find ratings. out the results this week no boat yeah no, no boats ratings. uh low ratings there you go i mean yeah. uh, maybe they see they could have featured like a new electric boat Or something, you know, and put that on there, and have them take it. Be quieter, and they could be out there at one with the with the water. I mean, I love.
3: If only you could be quieter.
2: Quiet. Uh, I I love the uh, idea of the electric boat, but I think we're going to have the same problem we do with the EVs and cars. It's uh, range envy and price. They got to get through that problem before it really filters in.
3: Because most boaters, you know, they're they're most boaters aren't. To Mike's point, and to Mike's credit, they don't use their boat as much, nor do they use it really in the manner that uh, you would expect someone to use a boat. Say something like what Mike has in the 39-foot range. Mike goes out. He uses his boat. He, he's up and down the St. John's. Mm-hmm. Um, probably less now because now he's all on the Craig cat kick. Um, <laughs> so the boat's probably staying in in port a little bit more than uh, maybe he wants. Uh, but that. Wait, wait.
4: He's awesome. shaking his head. No. Why, Mike? No, no. We, no, we're using both. Uh, yeah. In fact, next weekend we're he's we're going to more. Uh, take. Okay. We're going to take Silhouette out, and we're going to we're going to pull the Craig Cat, and we're yeah. going to go down river and go exploring a little bit, and then run. Yeah, but back. listen. Way
3: do you get those two days of cold weather in January here? You're going to be wishing that you weren't on that Craig Cat. But for yeah. two days that we get winter, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs>
4: Mm. We we run this boat. In fact, winter is our favorite time to boat. That yeah. that is our favorite boating season. Uh, <laughs> I, I have no problem putting on a nice heavy jacket.
3: Why are you laughing, Patrick? You why are you Be- because, uh, because raining on this parade? Like, winter is like two days here in Florida. Well, I mean, okay, All yeah. Right. I, I can't I can't even remember. I mean, last last year, early this year, that we even had. It was like it went from a hundred and five degrees to ninety, and everybody's like, "Hey, winter's here." <sighs>
4: Mm-hmm. hey get, getting back real quick i want to circle back to to the battery thing yeah but we we featured a a, a vessel uh and a technology a couple of years ago. i cannot remember the, the name novalux my life right now novalux thank yeah. Yeah. you yeah you're welcome now that that to me is very intriguing because mm-hmm. the the uh the it was electric powered yep. with solar generation if right. you kept the boat under six knots you had basically unlimited range if you had good sunny weather right yeah, it was because also it was, it was yeah.
3: also a cat a sail cat yeah right. um was, was novalux in the way they were uh converting systems or putting in new systems right. mm-hmm. but barry and i uh went on one of their boats that they had bought over from south africa that was at the uh, miami boat show and not a fan why really well, not it, here it, it for for the money that boat was lacking a lot.
2: Well, um. here, but that's the problem. That's why I said the the issue with these EVs and and the batteries are going to be range. No, and that's it's, not- And it's going to be price. That no, is the same problem
3: that- we have with cars. That's no, it. it's well, that's just the way, it's the way the boat was made. No, it's the oh. cost.
2: It costs way too much money still because the technology hasn't got, gotten low how, enough where you bring it you down. How can you tell me
3: that I'm wrong with what I'm saying? Because you are! <laughs> it I'm is! Not, I'm telling you, the, the boat is You just said for the very, price. That's what you the boat said for the price. Was was very... Expensive. Had a very, had a very cheap feel about it for okay. the money. But but you
4: could apply that technology to yeah, a better boat, right? Absolutely. So you could do you could do you know one of the better higher end mm-hmm. um, power cats and put the panels on the roof like they did on the one that they featured in, uh, in the segments that we did. Yeah. But what I really like about what they did with that is you had two options: you could run below six knots and have virtually unlimited range. If right. you had good good enough weather to to repower the, the the power cells or if you wanted to go faster up to 13 or 14 knots i believe if i remember correctly you could start the generator and and supplement the the solar panels turning into that a hybrid speed kind and range. Of thing yeah and you still had and then you had about two thousand miles range because you're running a three-cylinder little uh eight kilowatt diesel generator right that sips a, a, a quarter of a cup of uh, diesel an hour, mm-hmm. and I thought that was just a really great way to incorporate that technology into a, and it,
3: but if they made a good quality vessel, mm-hmm. um, that's that's one I would consider. I didn't say it wasn't a good quality vessel, I just, it had a very cheap fee, I, I expected more for the, not the only money. just the money, but the name behind mm-hmm. uh, the the company that actually manufactured those uh, cat mm-hmm. yachts, but here's what's going to happen with the with the the battery charging systems, with the power bank systems. We're going to get into this Betamax VHS battle, uh, 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 DVD versus you know Laserdisc. Which which one is going to come out? Who's going to come out? Who's going to be the dominant provider? What technology is actually going to be the set the standard? if you will. Mm. I know Master Volt is heavy, okay. heavy, heavy into the power bank systems, but which one is going to kind of survive And because you really do need to standardize that within the industry so that it, it's easier for the dealers, it's easier for yeah. the owners, it's easier for the manufacturers. But that- isn't this
2: all battery technology? Because that's what is happening right now with the uh, cars. Uh, the battery is taking up like two-thirds of the cost of the car. That's why they're so expensive. Yeah, and but, and the, battery, but, uh, the batteries are evolving. they got some new ones coming out that are supposedly going to be way, way cheaper, but we're still probably a couple years from that you know, uh, coming mm-hmm. kind of fruition. But once but it it's does... A tra-
3: it's, a, it's a trade-off with, with a new boat. Do I go with a generator and the cost of a generator and the maintenance on a generator? And uh, depending on the manufacturer, reliability could be a concern. Or do I go with a power bank system? The trade-off there, it's almost an even trade at this point. Go this way or go that way. And then you come into, if I do a power bank system, I have X number of, I have so much time to run systems, AC and everything else, before I need to get back and plug into shore power and be able to recharge and the way those systems are set up, they are very informative, very smart. They will have a reserve capacity that they won't let you touch um, mm-hmm. before before they kind of time out.
4: Mike, that, that, uh, that's why I like the kind of uh, all in approach. You know, it's like a, you can look at energy policy for our nation and say, "Hey, it's all of the above, not just wind and solar," because wind and solar isn't there yet. Well, right. battery packs aren't there yet. Mm-hmm. If you if you are going on a week-long trip, and and you're trying to spend two or three nights on the hook here and there, and you're relying solely on batteries, then you know you, you you're limited potentially. Can, yeah, yeah. You're, you're limited. If you if you have a generator that can supplement the batteries, that you're still getting. Amazing efficiency out of that system. There you
2: go. I mean, we're we're kinda in a gray area right now. We're getting there. Just needs a little bit more time to mature, is my thing. Alright, all right. We're gonna wrap it up for this week. Till next time. Remember, whether it's sail or motor, life is better. Life is better. As a as a Safe boating, everyone.
0: Come back, there. Come back here, you boy.